I'm Tara, and my brother Mark and I are trying to eliminate chaos from all parts of our life, and we talk about it here on Indecent Order. Here's here's I'm having a problem today. Um, <laughs> it's a not a real problem, probably. I've been reading this awesome book about making time for things that matter in your life. It's called Make Time, Make Time, and so many of the things in there are like these amazing life hacks that A, I either already do and don't have a name for it, or B, I'm fearful I'm going to copy them and take credit for it. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like this book is so good. I almost wish I hadn't read it because <laughs> then I'm like, how do I come up with my own content here? <laughs> but it's fine. It's excellent. It's a great book. I want to talk about boundaries today. Speaking of copying people's ideas, I believe the originators of boundaries, or at least the term was Doctors Cloud and Townsend. Have you read that book, Boundaries? I haven't. I read the cover, though. You read the cover. Did you learn a yes. lot? <laughs> I, I just use my imagination, and then I feel smarter. <laughs> Good. Here's what might be in this book. Okay, let me imagine what those lessons are. Oh, okay, got it. And like, then cool. that's it. That's that's the Mark uh, method of speed reading. Well, I buy the book and then just set it on my shelf. <laughs> well, there's all kinds of um, variations of the boundaries book. You know, boundaries in marriage, oh, right. ba- boundaries in parenting or dating, I think. There might be a dating one. But I don't really want to talk about the book necessarily, but they are the original people that I'm aware of who talked about boundaries. But um, Dave has a colleague who's from Ethiopia and he has this phrase and I was trying to find it on the internet and I could, I couldn't find it, but the, the phrase is something like you can, you can twirl your umbrella as much as you want until it hits me. You have the freedom to, to spin your umbrella until it hits me. Then you don't have that freedom anymore. So I was trying to find, find it so I could quote it properly. Cause that's just now third hand <laughs> that I'm saying this. And the only thing that I, that I came up with, was um, that sounded similar. I didn't find the Ethiopian phrase, but the, the similar one I found was your liberty to swing your fist ends where my nose begins. Mm. You should and I like that. Te- you text your friend or your the colleague and figure it out. I should. I actually have his, his phone number in my, my phone. I should find out because he said that that's something they commonly say over there. I should just find out. Yes. We'll put it in the <laughs> notes. Text. That's homework for you. But I do like the phrase, you know, your freedom to swing your fist ends where my nose begins. Because I think that's just such a perfect picture of like, hey, we could, you can do whatever you want until it affects me, <laughs> you know? Mm. To me, that's but, such a great image of boundaries. Mm. I mean, that has tones of like relativism isn't in it. Oh, you think? Moral relativism. Tell me what you mean. Mm, you do you, I do me. You're good. I'm good. We're all good. Kind of thing. I mean, sure. Yeah. Like, like as if there's no moral absolutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do think there are moral absolutes. So. But how do you know you're not messing with another person? Well, maybe it should read your, your freedom to swing your fist ends where anybody's nose begins. <laughs> you know, like, hey, if you're going to pick on someone smaller or weaker, I'm going to step in. Well, okay. Here's what I mean. Like, okay. 
let's talk about anti-vaxxers. You know, they're doing their own thing and it's not directly hurting anybody, quote unquote, in the moment or whatever. But societally, you know, that could cause really big problems. Ooh, now that's a good example. Oh, yeah. I mean, you could probably poke holes in anything. Sorry. I'm, but I guess, no, 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 fine. no, I mean, I think you're right. I didn't really think about it in terms of society. I was just meaning it more in terms of like interpersonal relationships. Okay. Um, Got it. Let's, <laughs> let's scope this conversation. Let's what? Scope the conversation. And what do you mean? Society's out of scope of this conversation. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I just mean more like, I don't know. I, I want boundaries for chaos prevention. Like, I've just been thinking about this a lot lately with my kids. Like, that's really the leading edge of where I need boundaries is with my children. Not not because they're doing wrong things. It's just because they do so much. Okay. Let me give you an example. Okay. I don't know what it is about the car, but the second we get in the car, everybody's got 5,000 questions about schedule, about driving, and why did I do this? Why did I put this? I choose to whatever about where we're going to eat, about anything. There's a million questions. There's nothing wrong with any one of those questions. It's the sheer volume coming at me from the back of the van. I'm just like, no more questions. I get to that point. Like what I do is I don't have enough boundaries in place with stuff like that. I'd, because I feel like there's part of me that says, I'm a good mom. I answer questions. I want my kids to be able to think for themselves and know why I'm saying something so that they can figure out why they might say something. You know, I think that's probably underlying a lot of my parenting. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when they ask a million questions, I keep answering them until I'm so mad that I'm like, no more questions. Oh my gosh, that was really and loud. Like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. It's fine. Are, you, are your ears bleeding now? <laughs> the audience might be bleeding. Is everybody well, okay out there? Can you fix that? Yes? Okay. Hmm? You Can you fix that? We can call later? 911. No. Uh, when you edit. When we publish, just wait 30 minutes and then dial 911. And say people's ears are bleeding everywhere. <laughs> yes. Okay. And they'll know what to do. Okay. It's fine. We'll see if that automagical editing will take care of that. Okay. My bad. So sorry. It's fine. It's fine. So as I was saying, I just think that I I let things go on too far. Not just the questions, but any little push of a boundary that I may not even know that I have. Another example is last night, one of my kids, I'm like, go head to the shower. And this kid was super tired from the day and whatever. And that child said, can I take one in the morning? And today's Sunday. So I was like, that's fine. We have time. And you know what? I didn't want to say yes to that, but I like to think that I'm a flexible mom. I think there's probably a, like a little bit of hippiness still in me. Like I think I was such a hippie mom when I first became a mother and now um, a lot of those things don't work for me anymore. So I don't, I don't know if they ever worked for me necessarily, just me, who I am and my personality, but there's some bleed over still where I'm like, yeah, that's fine. You can take your shower in the morning. So you know what? We were supposed to leave for church in 20 minutes and said child had not showered and nope. was playing and screwing around. 
And I'm like, and I also mentioned that I lost my cool before church. And it was not about that. It was about something else with a different child. And so when I realized that child was screwing around and it was my own fault for like trying to be quote unquote flexible, it just, it got our day off to a really bad start. And I was so mad about it. And I said to Dave, my day is ruined, you know, (laughs) he's like, why is it ruined? It's not ruined. I'm like, I'm in such a snit. I've just lost it on two of the kids. And I just know how this goes. I'm not going to recover from this today, <laughs> like in terms of mood. And he was like, oh, you're just telling yourself that. I'm like, no, I know how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, at any rate, I mean, we're a little better now, I guess. But and that's probably not the best example, because, of course, I can be flexible. I mean, there's a term that um, that was popular in my son's intermediate school when we went on a huge field trip to Washington, D.C. that the teachers were like, Okay, we are going to practice being flex agreeable. Flexible plus agreeable is flex agreeable. And that's what we're going to do. You know, sometimes things change. Sometimes, you know, a tour might have to be cut out, or maybe we need to end up making another stop or whatever. And we're not going to be upset about the change. We're just going to be flex agreeable, you know. So I think there's definitely a time for that. But like when I know that, when I know that I have experimented with our schedule, and tried different things and like, um, you know, done the Rube Goldberg of like how our night works in order to make the day, you know, the morning go smoothly. And then I mess with that by being like, you can't get an hour tomorrow. Like, that's just stupid. And so it was like this dumb boundary that I should have thought through that would affect the next morning. Oh, you've got that well-oiled machine. I mean, I really kind of do have a pretty well-oiled machine in terms of our evenings and stuff. You deviate, you're done. In our mornings. Say it again, it blanked out. You deviate, you're done. Yeah, and I think I think it's just because now I know after doing this for, I mean, I've been a mom for over 13 years. I just know the things that lead to a certain path within reason. Now, of course, if something were to happen and a child couldn't take a shower that night and needed to take a shower in the morning, we'll make it happen, of course. But, you know, we had been having like this relaxing morning or whatever, and then all of a sudden it just went down the pooper. <laughs> quickly. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm about to make another boundary, which is no no screens before church. What about like a flow chart for the kids? Okay, tell me more. All right. You got your Sunday flow chart. And <clears throat> what are all I already the like the title. What Sunday flow chart? Yeah. <laughs> Here's our flow. This is our Sunday flow, okay. And Go. your kids have tasks, right? So mm-hmm. What do they got to do? They got to wake up. What do they do after that? Unload dishwasher? Well, usually on Sundays and Saturdays, Dave doesn't want them to unload it until we're up because it clanks around, they clank around and it wakes us up. Um, Our bedroom's right off the kitchen. So any clanking of bowls, we're like, ah, even though we run white noise and stuff, it's just our bowls are loud and our kids are loud. So, but yeah, that is one of their tasks before we head off to church for sure. But maybe, maybe we could skip that one till last, you know? Okay. And so... Then you have decision boxes on this flowchart. Did you take a shower last night? If yes, continue to breakfast. If no, take a shower by 8 o'clock. Any deviation will result in X, Y, Z. Okay. So it's not just a checklist or a to-do list. I like that there's like an option for yes and an option for no. Yeah, it's, it's just... Um, I don't know. There's a tool I've used since college called Microsoft Visio, and you just make you can make 
flowcharts is one of the things you can do with it. You can make network really? diagrams and other kind of diagrams. At any rate, I've got a diagram I've made for work. And so like our analysts know what to do in different situations or. Okay. Yeah. Like we've got also in, in forensics, we've got like people who do triage on scene of, of forensics uh, or of computers. So is the computer on or off? This matters. Um, is the screen on or off? Uh, are there programs running? There's different things um, that require decisions. And so you just make this flow chart of uh, if this, then that kind of thing. Like you did for, you made like a chart on Instagram. Yeah, like the um, the dishwasher, like trying to figure out how to when to run the dishwasher. Yeah, so I don't know if it's overcomplicating things, but what about like working backwards from when you need to leave at a buffer first, and then yes. backwards work backwards of all the things that have to be done, taking into consideration things that might have to have a particular order. So, are there any dependencies? Like our our mommy and daddy awake because if they're awake you can do the dishwasher, like yeah, that. Or, or like brushing your teeth requires that you have already eaten breakfast. Okay. So yes, dependencies in that way. So brushing teeth requires that you've eaten breakfast, or maybe they've skipped breakfast because they're slow. <laughs> they don't miss breakfast, to be honest. Okay, so if I like I wrote something down before you mentioned Microsoft Visio, so I wrote. Did you take a shower last night? And I put a box around it. And then I put two sticks, one leading to yes, one leading to no. And then another stick under yes. Then it says head to breakfast. No, go shower. So then once once those two things are done, do I join them back together in the next question? Yeah, you could. Is that a a thing? Or do you have to? I feel like that would save some work. Yeah, you can join it back up. Save some work. Okay. Yeah, you can join it back up. And then... And then typically, oh, I um, guess under typically the questions are in, in a diamond box, and then like tasks or processes are in a rectangle. If you're really wanting to know, <laughs> okay, wait. Questions are in a diamond. Yeah. Tell and me again tasks, the other ones. Tasks or processes are in a box, and then like okay. the start and finish is like a little circle or oval or something. Or rounded. Okay. Whatever. If you okay, want the cool. <laughs> I like this. I did not know of this resource. I feel like this could be really helpful to parents. Yeah. I mean, let's just apply some project management principles and get this done. Is there any part of you, because there's a tiny part of me that's like, why do we have to make this so hard? Why does all of that have to be so hard? Because there's part of me that's like, you know what? In Little House on the Prairie, they didn't have flowcharts. <laughs> Right. I mean, yeah. Are we overcomplicating this? I don't know. Or are we providing a framework in which the kids can operate? I mean, I do like the idea of a framework. And you know, I'm so big into habit development. And like once the, the habit's there, I don't think you need the flowchart anymore. The flowchart's internal at that point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so like this flowchart that I've got at work, I mean, I even though I made the, the thing, I still use it when I'm working on the project sometimes. And I'm like, hmm, where am I in this? project process and where do I need to go and what are the steps to get there so like you're if you've got this thing printed out posted on your fridge your kids could go like look at this kind of map for their day or whatever 
all right, where am I? Where do I need to go? How do I get there? So then like if they wanted to play video games, like they could check the flow chart. What does it take to play video games? Oh, you have to do your homework first. Which is basic. Like that's a known thing in my house, except people don't remember, <laughs> you know, like Tucker knows that. But then all of a sudden on a Sunday, he's playing Minecraft for two hours and then he pulls out the computer at eight. He's like, I just got to check my emails. I'm like, no, 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 no. You were playing Minecraft. He's like, I'm just checking. I don't have any over. I'm just checking my emails to make sure. I'm like, no, that is the homework. You checking your emails for school. That should have been done before Minecraft. Because then if it reminds you of something you did have to do, you need to do that first. So I'm saying it is a known rule in our house that, that homework comes first. But, you know, every couple weeks that comes up. So I think that is helpful. And, I, and kids do better with structure. They do. This is why school is so successful. And sometimes home is more chaotic because there's less structure at home. Yeah. Kids know what to expect um, at school. Yeah. I don't know if you, you'll be able to use like one flow chart for all three kids or if they each have to have their own. Uh, that might be something to think about. I wonder how this, I, I mean, I'm pretty excited on how this could help me um, with my business with some of the newer organizers as I'm teaching them how not to how to organize because they already know how to do that, but how to do the business side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Make sure you send this email. Make sure you do that. Oh, you know? Yeah. yeah. In my flow chart, it's kind of like both like some of the forensic things and some of the business things. So, all right, these paperwork things need to be filled out. Then the contract needs to be signed before you begin any work. And then it goes through the whole, thing and then after the project finishes then i even have things that happen after the project ends like filling out an expense report and doing like a after action review uh, is what the army would call something like that like a debrief where you go over lessons learned so it's pretty detailed and so that way you don't forget anything that way you, you don't have to use as much brain power on the figuring out what to do and you can use that brain power for the actual thing I love that so much that that is exactly the reason that I'm a habit proponent because we only have so much brain power. We only have so much decision making. We only have so much willpower. And so anything that we can cut out and automate or firewall or flow chart, I want to do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's huge. Uh, someone was talking about um, fitness on Twitter in my field and I, I commented on it they're asking for tips on, you know, getting into it. And I'm like, well, um, my suggestion is to, to make it routine. So that way you don't have to decide if you're going to go work out. Absolutely. It's just something that you yes. do. You wake up and you go do it. When I'm in routine for running in the morning, you know, it's not too hard. Um, if I'm out of routine, do I want to roll out of bed and go upstairs to the treadmill? Not really. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I agree so much. My exercise routine is, almost 100% based on me walking my daughter to school. So as soon as I drop her off, meaning after I walk her to the door and turn around, that's my exercise time. Like I had pulled a muscle a couple weeks ago and so I couldn't even walk her to school and I couldn't really exercise anyway because it hurt. But like getting back into that pattern, I still haven't got, I, I did it one time after drop off and I'm like, I've got to just get back to the routine because it's mindless and it makes me feel better. Yeah, you hear about people talking about decision f fatigue. So I think those slow charts and routines can help prevent that. And then you can use that energy for your work or whatever. Yes, I love it. Thank you. I've never heard of Microsoft Visio. 
it's a it's a thing. It costs money though, so I'm sure there's like free alternatives online. You can make some flowcharts if you wanted to. See, this is where your technology expertise and my dire need of help are a good match. <laughs> like I didn't I know, know about this, and this is just common to you. You've you've been using this for a while. It sounds like. Oh yeah, many years, but. Um, you know, that's probably overkill for what you're wanting to do. So you could probably find some like flowchart software online. Like an app or something. Yeah. Sure. To see that that flowchart that I made about the um the dishwasher. I guess I'll recap that. Hold on, let me find I mean you could just like make your flowchart in PowerPoint or Word. Just you know, go into insert and then shapes and then insert your shape. So your diamonds yeah. and your circles. I mean, I did that flowchart on Canva, I think, the app called Canva. And it was four boxes. And in the middle, I wrote, I need a system for dishes. And so I was just trying to explain to my my house piece followers like how I came up with the dishes system. Cause I don't think everybody's systems for almost anything needs to look the same because everybody's family looks the same or their preferences or personalities are not the same. Um, <clears throat> so the top box says, if I want clean dishes at the start of every day, then the dishwasher has to be run every night. If I, and then the next one, this is another problem I had. If I don't want to do five people's dishes, because that was making me grumpy, then my children need to help with dirty and clean dishes. Okay, next next box says, if I want all utensils and prep dishes ready for the day, then the dishwasher needs to be unloaded first thing in the morning. So not only do you have to run it at night, it needs to be unloaded first thing in the morning. Um, and then the fourth box says, if dishes are going to become a non-negotiable habit, then the kids need to unload their sections daily and at the same time every day. And they all just depend on each other. And so that informed my system, which is after dinner, you clean up, run the dishwasher, no matter how full or how not full. It's always full, basically. <laughs> and then if it's done before I go to bed, I open it up to, you know, let the water uh, steam. Uh, I'm losing words. What's wrong with me? I open it up to let it dry out a little, little bit. And um, in the morning, the kids unload it. And then as we go about our day, the kids load their dirty dishes and I load all the prep dishes and my dishes anyway. And it just on the cycle goes. So it, uh, my point was, I don't even know if that flow chart's any good, but that's how I demonstrated that little issue. No, I thought it was good. I think you got a Thanks. good bit of positive feedback on that, didn't you? I did. I did get some good feedback. In fact, I, I've been getting a lot of good direct messages from it where people are like, Hey, I totally did this and I just can't believe it. it's life changing. People are using the word life changing about figuring out their, their dishes system. I'm like, I'm so happy for you. I you mean, know? it's a model for like doing other things in your daily life. So I, I think drawing it out can really be beneficial to a lot of your, your people. Yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to look me more into flow charts. Yeah. That sounds, I mean, helpful. I don't write down nearly enough stuff. Like I should write down what I need to do on a daily basis somewhere and have a list of things in my routine, but I, I don't. It's just, I juggle it in my head, which is taxing mentally over time. Yes. Look, Dave just got this crazy notebook system. Has he told you about this? No, not his planner system, is it? 
I don't think it's his planner. It's a notebook. So he can jot down notes and ideas. And then at the end of the day or end of the week or however long, you take a picture of it and it uploads automatically to an app. And then <laughs> something with, you put the notebook in a little special bag and you put the bag in the microwave and it erases it and you get to use the notebook over and over again. Oh, yes. So when I was visiting there, he was like looking at it online. I didn't know he purchased it. He did. How does he like it? I think he likes it. I'm texting him right now. It sounds magical. Asking the name of it. It does sound magical. And if I'm remembering right, he uses my my favorite pen, which is Friction uh, Erasable Pen, which I Mm. heard about from the Lazy Genius. And I do love that it's erasable. So I suppose you could go through your notebook and erase it all, but the the bag and microwave system makes it so you don't have to do that. Mm. I mean, I like I like writing stuff down and crossing it out. Or uh, at work, I use sticky notes, and so I'll write down a thing on a sticky note and then crumple it up when I'm done. So I don't know if I'd get as much satisfaction. I mean, maybe the microwave sounds fun. <laughs> yeah, technology. Does it make sparks or anything? I guess not. I mean, I guess not. Because <laughs> that would make it more fun. You got any updates on the dating life that you want to share? Oh, man. Doing updates before we even get feedback on the first one. Oh, the first episode, you mean? Where the we talked about it? First time we talked about it. Episode two. All right. Well, that's fine. The people haven't listened. And so they're going to have feedback in the future. And But I will have talked twice about it. Without hearing their feedback. Okay, so are you saying you'd rather put a pin in it? <laughs> no, it's <laughs> not talk about it. Whatever. I mean, I don't know that I have any updates. Oh. Okay. Well, oh, okay. I so, feel like we should recap what happened a couple weeks ago. Oh, right, because we didn't. This was prior to the date we talked about it. Yeah, and then you had a date like a, with a girl you met on one of the apps. Yes. So that went fine, except it didn't. <laughs> uh, but for the people. You go, te- yeah, you're going to have to talk about for the people. <laughs> so the next day I, I texted her. I, I mean, I didn't feel good about that one walking away from it because uh, she was like kind of slow. You didn't feel good about the date. I mean, I felt fine about the date. Like I thought it went fine. But, you know, she starts like slowly getting up from the table. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she done. We done. So I didn't feel good about it. But then... You told me to text her anyway, and I wanted to text her anyway, just see what she would say. So what'd she say? What was that text message? Well, remember? this was the next day. So you waited maybe 20 hours before you texted her or something. 18 I mean, hours. We had the date Friday night. I probably texted her in the afternoon on Saturday. I texted her at 3. She texted back at 4.25. Hey, it was nice meeting you. I don't think... You're what I'm looking for, but thank you for taking me out for a lovely and delicious dinner. Good luck out there. So what was your reaction for the people? I was mad. See, I, I kind of like that rejection. <laughs> I, I didn't like the phrase, you're not what I'm looking for. See, I, I'm like, I'm I was, sorry. I suck, apparently. Okay. <laughs> I, I felt better about it because it was like a little more direct than last time we talked about oh, I don't see it going any further, or the Jesus juking. So I like this better for my personality, at least. And did it, did it feel like a relief to you then when she said that? You're like, okay, I know where I stand. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, I was mad enough to where I was like, 
I think you need to unenroll, unsubscribe from all these dating apps because I'm my thought was they're it's just not working. It's wasting your time. And I mean, you didn't really say me, much about that. You've almost got me convinced. Um, yeah, actually, I felt like pretty upset after that one, that date. Um, not because of that date, but just the totality of the dating scene is just like worn me out. I'm just pretty exhausted. And so I just like wasted a lot of my Saturday that day um, watching TV or whatever, Netflix, um, playing Minecraft. So then I made a recovery maybe Sunday or something. <laughs> but, <laughs> Sucks. Yeah. I don't know. The dating apps, you might be right. Maybe not for me. I mean, there's there's lots of success stories out there. but There are, it, but I, I, think... I, wonder, I wonder if it's anecdotal because yeah. I remember when I was looking at that those like dating services like the matchmaking services they're like high dollar mm-hmm. I yeah i don't remember what companies do these things but they're pretty expensive like what a thousand bucks a month is that right is that crazy that sounds pretty oh crazy. my gosh it's, whoa or i don't remember the the deal but at any rate like one of their selling points or when they're talking is like it was some absurdly low number of success rates for dating apps. It was like, I don't know, 0.4% or something so low. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I, I got it. I feel like I need to look that up whenever we publish this. So that way we can put the correct statistic. It was like 4% or 0.4%. It was okay. yeah. awfully low. And it's like, oh, okay. So I'm like fighting this unwinnable battle. We all are. So I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it any of it. I just wonder if dating apps feel like they're productive because we're sort of tricked into thinking this is productivity, you know, like, oh, I've uploaded my picture and I've uploaded my information and it's easy. You can do this on the couch. Use a nice picture you've had from something. Whereas other methods might feel more time intensive, except they may not be, but it does require going places or doing things and putting yourself in the midst of eligible bachelorettes and bachelors, you know. I mean, I like the idea of the dating apps. You can filter on, you know, your deal breakers and they can filter on theirs and you match up and hopefully things keep going, but they don't seem to. Um, I just think that you've got to find the filters that are built into what, whatever the thing is. So for example, it's a, it's a non-negotiable for you. You want to date and eventually marry a woman who is a Christian. Okay. So to make the most use of your time, you're probably not going to like find that person at a random concert, like a regular concert. That's not the pool of Christians might be really low, but if you find, if you know, you find a great singles group at a church, that filter is there already. Most likely it might be like a greater percentage, like 80% instead of 8% 8% right. at like a bar or something. Not that there's anything wrong with meeting someone at a bar by any stretch. But, you know, I mean, Dave and I were lucky. We met before the the, the school year even started in marching band. We met at band camp at um, Purdue before. What year were you? Were you a freshman? I was a freshman. I was a babe of 18, a little um, tiny infant. You yes. might as well have been sweet, uh, high school sweethearts. Before I know. I mean, really. I mean, he was 21 and... um a senior. He was doing his senior year, but he knew he was going to be a super senior. He, he did one extra semester. So he did four and a half years. So in his mind, 
he says he wouldn't have dated me or anyone. He wouldn't have started dating someone new if he only had the two semesters. And I've heard, you know, you said that on a previous episode, assuming we didn't cut that, that in your mind, you kept putting off dating because you thought you were going to leave at the end of the year. And I'm just thinking that probably was the biggest trap for you besides the dating apps, because there's so many stories out there of people who meet and marry six months later, three months later, nine months later. And I think if you kind of keep that as an option and say, there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's probably a lot of people out there who's like, oh, that would never do that. But I knew I wanted to marry Dave. I, w- I had never in my life fantasized about a wedding, okay? And I remember fall break, October break, that freshman year. Again, I was 18. I remember going uh, to our grandma's house in Rochester, Indiana, and sitting on her little porch and just, what do you call it? Daydreaming. And all of a sudden I came, I snapped to it and I was like, oh my gosh, I was just daydreaming about myself in a white dress marrying Dave. So that was October. I met him in early August or mid August. I knew I wanted to marry him. So, I mean, he is such a slow decision maker. (laughs) He's a deliberate, careful decision maker which means he takes more time than, than I would. So I knew right away, but he needed a little more time. Yeah, but anyway, all that to say, you know, you could find the right person and marry them three months later. It's possible. Yeah, I hear that uh, the woman usually knows first. And I am a, a slow decision maker. So I'm a P on the Myers-Briggs. So I think it, it takes me longer to figure out people. So, But I mean, not that that's a bad thing. I mean, did you listen to the podcast Dirty John? You know what I'm saying? No. Very good and was made into a little mini series. But this couple married after not very long of dating and he turned out to be a very terrible person. So Ooh, dope. I highly recommend the podcast. <laughs> but I guess yeah. I guess also the dating apps like give you a sense of control. Like you're like you said, you're being productive. You're doing something about your situation and like taking action. But like I don't know, at least for me, results are varied limited, those sorts of things. Um, so, I agree. I, I think you're right. All right so we need it, to come up with yourself, some action items. It puts yourself out there. And like, how do you, like, I can't go to my singles group. Well, I guess I already know this. <laughs> I was going to say, I can't go to my singles group and say, hey, everybody, I'm available. Um, but I guess just by your presence. Just by nature of being there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so that's not an excuse, I guess. But um, in other situations, if I am at a concert and there's my personality is such that I'm never going to go like talk to another person and try to be flirtatious or something. Yeah. I mean, that might have been a bad example, a concert. But But I'll I'll, like, yeah, I mean, it's it's what you're saying is um, doing something with the built in filter. Like if I if I go to a, a bar or something like I'm rolling. See, this is how I look at it. I'm rolling the, the dice when I meet someone out in the real world on the apps, put the filters in and I can get what I want. They can get what they want. You get matched up, but we have seen how this has gone so far for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Which, by the way, I'm not calling you insane. I'm I'm saying that I do the same thing. I get mad at my kids for the same exact things all the time. And I'm like, this is now to the insane point. And now we need a flow chart. Thank you very much. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank your uncle. <laughs> Funkle Mark. Flow charts. Hey, kids, here's your flow chart for Sunday. We're going to start, start at the top. All right. Now, here, y'all waking up. Now, what are you going to do next? You taking a shower? Okay, good. Eat breakfast. Guess what? They're going to love it. Oh, dear. I mean, do you find that, are they able to, like, adopt new systems? They, they do. And I cannot stress to you enough. I mentioned this a second ago, but, like, this is how school is already. Teachers have, especially younger elementary, like kindergarten, first, second, I don't know about third and up specifically, but definitely those lower grades, they've got charts everywhere, all over the room. Okay. So like in Gigi's kindergarten or first grade class, there's tasks like um, chores. Okay. There's a line leader and there's a person who carries the hand sanitizer or whatever. I'm making this up. And, but there's, magnets with the kids' names on it, and they get to take turns doing those chores. So it's very, very clear what to expect. There's, in Calvin's class, he's in third grade. This might sound strict, but I get it. His teacher, after they have lunch, she expects each child to stand on a square linoleum tile in the cafeteria, and there's a line at the door. They stop at that line, and each child takes up a square. You know why? Because kids that age love to touch each other and bump into each other and do things and mess with each other. And if they can stand on those squares, it's just a boundary. (laughs) It is a clear expectation. And at first, when you're like, come on, just relax. That She's been doing this for like 35 years or something. She knows. She knows what works. And she knows that this is a good limitation for the kids. So all that to say... It is not unreasonable for me to expect similar things for my kids. It's not unreasonable for me to say after a meal, like, all right, table needs to be wiped. Someone needs to sweep. Y'all choose who does it. Because guess what? They do that at school after every meal. There's two kids that stay behind and squirt the table and wipe the table. And there's a kid that stays behind and um, sweeps the floor. And then they join the rest of the classroom like five minutes later. That's incredible. Yeah. At least it was um, incredible to me when I was a young mom. And I was like, oh, kids can help. Yeah, it's um, so I'm making this observation as we're talking. So, like, the boundary isn't gospel, but the boundary facilitates the gospel, quote unquote, if you will. Yeah, I like that. Now, and I ask about your kids adopting these different systems because don't get your Enneagram 3 feelings hurt. But I, I see over the years you implementing different systems. Like I remember, do you remember a few years ago you had like "Mommy is done"? Yes. Print it out. My, that I don't was remember. my. Um, it was my manifesto. I was done being their servant as it related to meals and cleaning up from meals, like cleaning the kitchen. Because hmm. to me, on the outside, it looks like you have to go through that a, every year or two. Um, that's probably true. Where I lose my cool, and I'm like. You people are slugs and I hate you (laughs) (laughs) and you will do my bidding. I mean, that's probably true. And unfortunately, mommy's anger is a great motivator for good behavior. And so (laughs) I get rewarded when I'm like, yeah, sorry. Was that too loud again? There you go. Yeah. Um, I was was wondering if they shape up. Oh yeah. It works. Yelling works. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get all I remember, sorts of like, back on that one. I know. I remember a couple of years ago, that was like a running bit I had. I'm like, I've got this new parenting method. It's awesome called yelling. It works. 
no, I mean, I think the whole point of me posting that little manifesto on the fridge, it, it was legitimately titled Mommy's Done, was that was more for myself. And I don't know that that was necessarily a system, but that was more for myself of saying, it's okay that I'm done with this. It's okay that I expect more of you and I'm going to put it in writing. I mean, writing things down, or in that case, it was typing. I typed it on, it was a Google document. It is still on my Google Docs. Um, that reminds me, I need to ask you a question about deleting Google Docs in a second. I don't know that that was a system. That was more of like, hey, in general, I expect way more of you people now. And I think I've kept it up, you know? In general, I don't, I don't clean the kitchen by myself. I don't do everything by myself. There's a lot of help. And when it starts to slack off, I yell at them and they shape up. <laughs> and you see your, you better shape up. Yes. But there's so many things in terms of managing three kids' behavior. Like I, I, got, I got mad at, at Gigi because today at lunch, that child cannot sit to eat. Okay. This has been her entire life. I mean, she was in a high chair a little bit, but, and that helped. But ever since she was out of a high chair, she has to have like one foot on the floor, like one leg straight and one foot or one leg on the chair. <laughs> How many legs does she have? Maybe she's just totally standing. Uh, almost always it's, huh? How many legs does she have? <laughs> Two. Oh, it sounded like three. She's got, she's, <laughs> no, no, no. What I'm saying is she's got to have one leg on the floor so her leg is straight, you know? So oh. she's essentially got her weight on that leg. And then the other leg is on the chair. And I'm okay. like, I, 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 I was like, Gigi, sit to eat. I say that phrase, sit to eat. We sit to eat. We sit to eat. Now I have considered, maybe there's some sort of sensory thing here. There's some sort of vestibular stimulation that she needs. I mean, I overthink things. I really do. Especially when it comes to her sometimes. But I was just like... It, this is ridiculous. I'm so tired of telling you to sit to eat. And Calvin reminded me that a few years ago, I made up a rap about sitting to eat. Would you like to hear it? Please. Sit on your bottom. That's the rule. Sit on your bottom to eat your food. And I would repeat that over and over again. And Calvin reminded me that I had written the words of that little song and put them on the fridge. So it was here and it was right after we moved here. So it was four years ago. Um, in this house. And I'm like, so we've been dealing with this at least for four years, if not more. I, I have no solution here. I don't know how to make that child sit. Except what happens is her, her umbrella starts swinging in my face. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I sit next to her. And so when she's doing this, it's almost always the left foot that's on the ground, which is on my right. And I'm like, get off me, get away. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, move over. You are moving and bumping into me and in my personal space. You know, I don't know what the right answer is. I have no idea. So when you think about that there's three kids, there's five total people in my house, um, and, and you think about the infinite number of things that are bad behavior or bad habits or combinations of whatever behaviors only stands the reason that it, it falls apart sometimes. I mean, you can't just 
start the system. I mean, I even have clients who are like, I just need a system. And I'm like, you do need a system, but you got to understand that system's going to need maintenance. And that's why sometimes like I'll post something on the refrigerator to remind my kids. I'm like, remember we do, we unload the dishwasher every day because it's like, it needs that touch up, even a habit like that can, um, especially if it's something they don't want to do, you know, it can fall to the wayside. Yeah. I should, I need to make myself a flow chart. I'm a kind of a late kind of person. Oh, we talked about this. I don't know if we talked about it last time or the deleted episode, but. The lost episode. The executive summary is that my jobs in the past have been enablers of allowing me to show up whenever, basically. <laughs> yeah, so I think been, we talked about that last time. Yeah. Okay. So I've been late to church like for the last two weeks. And I mean, it's, I think it's a whole, whole thing. Like um, my previous church in Indiana, so many people just strolling in minutes and many minutes after things have started. And, you know, everybody, everybody has those days, as Miley Cyrus would say, um, you know, <laughs> kids and stuff. But so I need to make myself a flowchart. Hey, if you haven't showered by this time, you're going to be late. Yeah, I like that. That's a good idea. Coffee, so it is, like, coffee is done at 8.15. No or, or, I bet your church has coffee. If, you, if for some reason you have to skip a step, you could get coffee yes, at church. They do. They do. I do both. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't I guess normally I could double down do both anymore, but I did today. I was like, I am grumpy. I'm going to need me a coffee at church. I mean, you want to hear something gross that I will skip? Yeah. Or sub- substitute. I'll do a Listerine wash instead of a toothbrushing. Yeah. I'm, I don't I feel like that's a good time savings. Did I freak out the audience? Well, I will take a swig, get my shirt and socks, whatever else. I feel like it saves me a little bit. I mean, maybe like 20 seconds max. I don't think that's a gross thing. You're killing bacteria, but you're not scrubbing the stuff off. we'll see what the people have to say okay yeah maybe we need to have a poll about that is listerine an acceptable substitute for teeth brushing once a week once a day Um, or you know what no like it's like yeah once a day in the mornings if i'm running late for work not that i have to be there at a certain time or anything but you know i'm trying to be there by 9 30 at the latest I think that gum chewing is probably an acceptable substitute. Ooh, that might be pushing it. What kind of gum? Like a sugar-free gum that scrubs your teeth. (laughs) I don't know. That might be where I draw the line. I mean, I've never done that. I I do not. Of course you have. No. I just thought of that idea just now. Uh (laughs) I believe you. All right, bro. Anything Anything else? else? What's on the list? we, we, We did it all. Did we? Wait, what's my most urgent area of boundaries? What's your... Oh, mine was with my kids. What's my most urgent area of boundaries? Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Mark, what's your most urgent area of boundaries? Do you feel like? Hmm. Don't know. I was talking with some friends at church this morning about like how often we do things like in the evenings. And I'm like, if I do two or three nights in a row of activities, I'm destroyed. And it takes me another two or three days to recover. <laughs> like, yeah. it's, so, it's so bad. 
Uh, so I don't know if I need like some sort of boundary of like, hey, if I did something yesterday, I just can't do something today. Multiple yeah. days in a row just tax me. I mean, I think knowing that and admitting it and kind of almost letting other people know that as necessary is a good thing. Like I went to this um, book signing thing. It was in Charlotte, North Carolina at the Nestor's house, Michael and Smith. And she had this banner, like a cute little bunting thing on her fireplace that says, please leave by nine. <laughs> that is amazing. And like, I know I was like, so an extrovert's kind of like, okay, <laughs> but like she's an introvert. And you know what? That was funny. That was her funny way of poking fun at herself, but also being like, no, I'm for real. <laughs> this, is, this is serious. So you're, you're bunting. You, do you have a fireplace at your house? You need one. You need a, a little banner. It says, um, uh, one night per weekend. Thanks. <laughs> no, it's just the weeks. Like I mean, last, during the week, like the yeah. trivia on Mondays goes till 10 and then it's 20 or 30 minutes away. So then I get home at 10, 20, 10, 30 and winding down, you know, it's not going to happen any sooner than 11. And really I need to be in bed at nine 30 if I want to hit my, targets for sleep so it it puts me off on a bad foot for the week actually but it's when i hang out with our cousin yeah i mean so maybe your boundary is you always say no to tuesday things tuesday evenings are off limits that's bible study okay wednesdays are off limits i mean so i do mondays and tuesdays and then i'm dead for the rest of the week but those two things sound like they're worth it so maybe that's fine you're you just don't do yeah. anything else. Yeah. I'll tell you, like a week ago, um, so not this weekend, but the weekend before, we had three evenings in a row. No. And it's fine for me. It, no. it is it is not fine for my family as a whole. It was all worthwhile. Um, we had an auction at Calvin School on Friday night. We had an auction and band performance at Tucker School on Saturday night. And then we had a Super Bowl party. Um, all those things are, were things we want to do. Actually, I don't know about the Friday night thing. We could have skipped that, but um, it was fine. But like, it's a community thing. I, I like to be involved with stuff like that. Um, but it never felt like we had a real weekend break because we didn't have our evening at home, you know. Mm, mm-hmm. But that's really an outlier, very much so. We don't normally have three nights in a row like that. Because Sunday night typically is our super at-home night, like, I record with you. We make a frozen pizza. We watch America's Funniest Videos at six, um, and Gigi's in bed by six forty-five, and then you know the train moves on. So she doesn't get to watch the whole thing. My other boundary is naps, no later than four p.m. On we only to got a few start minutes. or to end. Start. <laughs> you are crazy! I cannot believe you would start a nap at four p.m. Oh, yeah. I'm a little mad that maybe I should like go to work earlier so that way I can come home by four. And Ooh, there you go. That could be an experiment that you try for like a week. That could be, maybe. Or it could make everything worse. I feel like I just need to stay awake during the day. <laughs> maybe you need to tell yourself your, your gift to yourself is a Saturday afternoon nap. And don't start it at four, for heaven's sake. I started yesterday's like at three and slept for like almost four hours. I feel like you're going to need to cut that because people are now not listening to you about anything you have to say. Wait, what? <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Did I lose people all find out you, you sleep for how many hours? I mean, people don't, people don't judge you. They don't understand the, the ways of our family. I don't know if that's an excuse or not, but I mean, last night I only slept for like five hours because I went, I ended up staying up late. Yeah. 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 I, so it all I feel okay. That might've been actually why I was pretty slow here at the beginning, at least. Well, do you look at your Fitbit sleep data and see how many hours per day you get? Does it all like, like your weekly average, does it kind of stay consistent no matter if you nap or not? Cause mine does pretty much. I, sh- I should look. Cause like if I nap, it's probably because I've only slept five hours or six hours the night before. And, and that's only, you know, that's not right. like I do. All yeah. Purpose, but. I mean, I need to do better about hitting my targets. And I don't know if that's also because last fall, before the time change, like I've got the sun coming in my room and it's like a natural alarm clock. It is awesome. And then when I was in that habit of like 930, I was doing good. I was like waking up without the alarm and I've just gotten out of that habit. That's definitely my goals with especially my kids. Like I'll know they're fully rested if they wake up before the alarm. And that's why I put Gigi to bed at 645 because that's when she'll mm-hmm. wake up at 645 the next morning and she's happy. And she's like, that child can sleep. But listen, we are a multi-generational napping family. We come from a long line of nappers. Our mom, uh, dad takes all kinds of accidental naps while he's fiddling with his phone. Um, our grandparents, <laughs> certainly mom's dad naps a ton. Did dad's family nap? His parents? I don't know. I remember one time I went to stay with dad's parents, that, that side of the family, um, by myself. It was one of the two years I was homeschooled, so I was probably in like fifth grade. No, surely not that old. I must have been younger than that. Maybe fourth grade and grandma made me lay on her bed, which by the way was a water bed, which is so random in an Indiana farming town, but whatever. She made me lay down for a nap. And I was like, what are you doing? I'm not tired. I'm not going to sleep. She's like, I don't care. You're laying down here for 20 minutes. And I don't believe I slept that day. But um, I wonder if my behavior was bad or something. Like, why did she do that? (laughs) I don't Um, know. That's so old for a kid to be napping. How old were you? Fifth grade? Fourth or fifth grade? I mean... And let me explain to you, maybe you don't know this, like children that are preschool age and under, they need naps, like two naps a day when they're toddler, you know, little bitty toddlers and then one nap a day and then whatever. I mean, Gigi and Calvin, I think both napped very late, like they napped till they were four or five. So that's a common thing. Like if, if a five-year-old or a four-year-old was visiting their grandparents, they would lay them down for a nap after lunch. That's normal. I don't know why you can lay a fourth, fourth grader down for a hmm. nap. <laughs> hmm. I remember just being very offended. Very what? Offended. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know. It can't be healthy at my age. <laughs> I do don't know. Nap. I would never think that. I love it. I love a good nap. I don't know. Listen, I bought this weighted blanket at Target. It's so pretty, and it's like a. It's not as big as some of the weighted blankets out there. And it's like a cream color. And the um, beads are evenly distributed through the squares. Like sometimes they're not with commercially available um, weighted blankets. And I put that sucker on for a nap like on a Saturday. Oh, I sleep so good. It's amazing. You're going to have to link to that now. I know. I won't link. Link. 
two weighted blanket. I mean, it's a good size for me. It might be a little short for you. You know what I've been on the hunt for for the last few years? What? An electric blanket, but I haven't been convinced by any reviews yet. Oh, Mark, bless your researching little soul. Just buy one. They're all fine. I guarantee it. I don't know. <laughs> Not Fred from Georgia. He, he, he disagrees. Yeah, but you gotta see what Fred from Georgia said. Let's see, like one star. This took three days of shipping instead of two. Blah. I will say the reviews have seemed to improve in the last year or two. There didn't used to be like seemed like there was no good electric blanket on Amazon. That can't be true. That's what it seemed like. That there has to be a good. Look, I mean, now there the, seems like there's there's some four stars. All right. But for the listeners, you tend to research things to death because you want the best of something. I mean, I don't know that I do as much as I did in college. Or maybe I'm not buying as many things these days. But a lot of times now, I'm just looking at the number of reviews and the number of stars. So I'm trying to maximize that combination i mean you should you should look at the reviews and the stars right like if if there's a product on amazon that is less than four stars i probably won't buy it dang like it's got to be four or more okay like i see people probably saved a lot of money for that maybe i see recommendations for you know a couple things that i'm interested in on twitter and it's got like three or three and a half stars i'm like that seems so risky like i haven't jumped on it like it's a humidifier and some headphones. Dang. But don't you need a humidifier and the headphones? Like, just get them. I mean, I've gone this long without them. This is true. This is true. But, you know, sometimes you can treat yourself. I mean, so the headphone thing is the idea there would be for um, taking calls at work or meetings at work because these ones are like noise canceling. So this would also be good for travel. And apparently they're so good, like it eliminates any background noise. So if there's other people in the room talking, like the people in the meeting aren't going to hear them, supposedly. I'm sorry, was that a supposedly? No, I said it correctly. <laughs> okay, good, just checking. You know me. I ain't going to do that. <laughs> but then again, I just use the word ain't. Just checking. <laughs> yep. My kids are obsessed with the word ain't right now. They do the thing where they're like, ain't ain't a word because ain't, 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 I don't even know what it is. Yeah, and yeah. It's like, stop. Um, I did stop notice saying. in the last episode you said regards. What do you mean? It's not in a what word. context? It's, I don't remember Regarding. the context. But it's, it's only a word for like, you know, kindness regards. But if you're using it in a sentence when you say in regard to something, it's never in regards to something. Oh, interesting. I didn't, I did not know that. Thank you for correcting me. I love being corrected. It's awesome. I know. I'm such a dingus. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing you. It's fine. So you would say in regard to the thing, whatever, X, Y, Z. In regard to the flow chart segment. No, that sounds so wrong. I'm pretty certain of this. Okay. I mean, I believe you, but it sounds wrong. I would, I think I just need to go to regarding. Just regarding the thing. There's a word that 
businesses use lingo. It's not a word. Learnings. Oh, that makes my skin crawl. I don't like that. Yeah. Cousin Jen pointed it out to me. It's like, no, these are lessons. I've never heard the word learnings. It's not a word. That's why. Because it's not a word. And I'm not in the corporate setting, so maybe that's why. You know what else is not a word? The lingo makes me want to (laughs) vom. There's a word that I that apparently is a word, and I don't. I just don't like it used in this manner. I think you may have started with verb. I'm not sure. Gifting, as a verb. Gifting, like she's gifting her car to this non-privatary or mm. whatever. I'm like, how about just give? The word is give. She's giving mm. it. That one doesn't bother me that much. Uh, I don't know one that bothers me recently at at work or in the corporate world, they say, um, we'll talk about ass, A-S-K-S. <laughs> Asks. 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 Like, like you don't want to have a big ask. Um, <laughs> so it'll be like an email. Uh, so it's, it's used as a noun. The ask is yeah. XYZ. They need to say, call to action. Or the request, or I don't know. Yeah, something else. I agree. I do not like it. And actually, Preacher, this morning, um, used that word as a noun in the sermon. It wasn't wasn't that bad, but um, I did notice it. That's funny. I I think in my Instagram uh, mastermind group that I'm in, the leader uses the word asks. What is your ask of your audience? Oh, little heebie-jeebies. Ooh, speaking of words, that's one of Dave's favorite words, the heebie-jeebies. Can I tell you a story about that? Please. So when he was young, a child, he had this one particular friend, and he went over to his house, and the dad came to the door, and Dave was like, hey, can uh, Billy play? Sorry, Billy can't play. He's got the heebie-jeebies. That was the answer. <laughs> and so now, like, if anybody's out of swords, Dave's like, well, I guess I got the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, like, means an array of things, I think. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> All right. I got to run. All right. Bye. I'm going to try them flow charts. Okay. This is good. I might make myself a flow chart. Maybe that can be our homework. Ooh. Post it. Yes. Yes. That sounds good. All right. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.